Hey, hey D&D, D&D fam. fam, I'm Quick. And I'm Lee, and you're listening to Divas, Divas and Duckets. So what is a diva? I think divas get a bad rep, but to me, diva is all about the attitude. As for ducats, it's your finances, your assets, Skrilla, Guap, your coin. We're talking all things with the potential to affect your pockets. And while we're attorneys by trade, we are divas by choice. Divas and Duckets is for edutainment purposes. Y'all, we are not Series 511 <laughs> or 703 professionals. This does not create a financial advisor nope, nope. or attorney-client relationship. The views expressed here are solely our opinions and the opinions of our guests. It's just our opinions, y'all. Okay, Divas, let's talk Duckets. Hey, y'all. Hey, D&D family. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us once again. We're back. Yes. <laughs> and it is May, and it is Mental Health Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. And we are bringing back in one of our top listen yes. to episode guests of honor, mm-hmm. Todd Malloy. Say hello. Hello, hello. How are you? Thank you for coming back to Divas and Duckets. We have done a live with Todd, so you can go on to Divas and Duckets website to find that. But last year, during Mental Health Awareness Month, Todd joined us to talk about Just Man Up. And Mm -hmm. that has been one of our most listened to episodes for those people that are on YouTube. We weren't recording at the time, so you would have to go back and listen to it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or any whatever platform you prefer. So we're on all podcast platforms, so you can go back. That was a really, really, really great episode. So we yeah. just wanted to bring him back in here today and talk about what's going on in our discussion. So today on our Diva Docket, we're talking about imposter syndrome. Um, a lot of people struggle with it, mm-hmm. um, regardless of what industry you work in or your standing. or yeah. It just kind of comes out across the workforce especially. Right. Um, and it can really in certain ways hold you back Mm -hmm. you know so Mm -hmm. we wanted to talk about it especially this month is so important so um we just needed to bring a professional back because we like to tackle issues in a intelligent and informed manner (laughs) yeah and we're also in um you know we record out of charlotte north carolina and Mm -hmm. it's one of the fastest growing um cities in the nation and i also recently heard it's one of the top I think five or top 10 places to start a business. And when Mm. I think about those things, starting a business, you know, getting in new jobs, trying to find those careers. Right. Like, Apostle Syndrome is just, it runs rampant in all of those things and really holding people back. So we just wanted to talk about it because obviously, you know, it can be so deep that it affects your ducat. So, yes, let's get into that, Todd. All right. My first question. So tell, first, tell us, tell the listeners about yourself for those that are joining us on YouTube and have not heard you before. Well, let's see. Um, I'm 58, so there's a whole lot to tell, but I'll, say, <laughs> I'll keep it simple. Well, no, basically, I'm the clinical director of Interpeace Counseling Center. I do a little speaking and show production, things of that nature. Just a guy, really, that wants to be a part of the solution to the ills of society and help people make it through Crossroads. So things like imposter syndrome and so forth, mm-hmm. I facilitate people becoming their greatest selves and living lives worth celebrating. All right. That's awesome. And what is your specialty as a therapist? Well, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified sex therapist, and certified sexuality educator. All right. That's awesome. 
All right, so let's get into it. This might be a softball for you, but so though for those who have not heard the mm-hmm. term imposter syndrome, is that real? What? How is it defined? Well, imposter syndrome is doubting yourself and feeling like a like a fraud. Mm-hmm. It typically impacts high achievers, people in the professional realms, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it was first started, it was focused strictly on women, but mm-hmm. as they dug a little deeper, it impacts a lot, basically marginalized people for the most part, because it is, for, first let me share, it's not a mental health disorder, okay. number okay. one. Okay. It's not, it's not in the, the, you know, the, the DSM-5, it's not an ICD code. Mm-hmm. However, as a result of it, people do acquire anxiety, depression, mm. and it can turn into a mental health issue. Okay, got you. That makes so, sense. And so in general, again, it's, it's doubting yourself and feeling like a fraud, even though there's evidence to the contrary. Mm. Uh, you're, you're functioning as a financial officer. You're functioning as a doctor. Yeah. But typically women, typically people of color, uh, sometimes doubt themselves. And it's not so much what's going on inside of them. It's really, the, it's really about a why. Uh, oftentimes when people struggle with something, it's not that they're struggling. It's, okay, well, you have to ask yourself why this is going on. Mm-hmm. And when and when you think about marginalized communities and imposter syndrome, because you're always challenged, are you good enough? Are you bright enough? Are you mm-hmm. smart enough? Yeah. You know, African-Americans have been told that you have to work twice as hard mm-hmm. to go half, half as far. far. Mm-hmm. You have to be twice as smart as these if you're not, then these things aren't made available to you. Yeah. Women, you're supposed to be sugar and spice, everything nice. You're supposed to be barefoot pregnant in the kitchen, but not in the boardroom. Mm. So now that you break through those stereotypes and you get there and you're dealing with office politics, societal politics, uh, it does play a toll. Over right. time, if you're told you're not enough, you're told you're not bright enough, you're told you're not smart enough, you tend to second guess and doubt yourself, even though there's evidence to the contrary. Hmm. So I spend a lot of time challenging people. Why don't you believe you? Mm. Mm. Where are you picking these messages up? And right. why are they the authority over your life and you not? Yeah. Hmm. And so I, I know you said that there are two marginalized um, communities, two groups, the African-American groups, mm-hmm. women groups. So mm-hmm. does imposter syndrome affect white men? Well, according to studies, it's least likely to happen because they're usually a firm. Mm-hmm. They usually have mentors. They have people to walk with them through the process. They right. have people they see and emulate, can emulate. Mm-hmm. So it's less right. likely to happen. Right. So, you know, understanding these types of things, that's why, and I guess I guess it's kind of no secret I'm African-American. So I, guess <laughs> <laughs> so I made it a point when my children were coming up to make sure they saw African-Americans in a wide variety of demographics and Mm -hmm. professions and dentists and doctors, OBGYNs, you name it. Because I wanted them to recognize and and level set the playing field and try to offset some of the societal things Mm -hmm. that are going on. So, yes, typically it's marginalized people, women, and people of color. Okay. And so you mentioned, you know, it kind of stems from some, you know, societal expectations or maybe you mm-hmm. operate outside those expectations. So, you know, maybe why, if, if you know the answer to this, why more so the overachievers than mm. um, or the I guess people call them what 
type A personality yeah. types than yeah. mm-hmm. maybe you're more laid back. Like, you know, maybe why that specific group are they more well, affected? Well, again, the research states for the same reasons. However, it's about being good enough. Overachievers tend to be goal driven. Mm-hmm. They do not tend to celebrate their wins. Mm. They tend to just be focused on the next, the next, yeah. the next, the Immediately. next. Immediately. Yeah. Yeah. So, correct. So they're not taking the time and whatever motor is running them, they're not taking time to connect to their own experience. Mm. And for example, I have a current client, outstanding young man doing multi-million dollar deals. And he shared about two weeks ago, he says, I feel like an imposter. I don't feel like I'm supposed to be doing this. Mm. Even though he's been driven his whole life, he comes from a very dysfunctional family dynamic where mm-hmm. now as a 29 year old, he's the head of his family. Mm. Even though there's a father in place, there's a mother, there's there are other family members. So again, it's sometimes the drive and the motive, the the impetus to do better, to achieve, becomes the focal point, and you tend to neglect self in the process, the emotional self in the, in the process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just I don't know. That just is so. It's not surprising to me, you know, but it's just interesting to me that no matter the level of success that you know other people view that you have you still feel like it's about to be taken away at any moment they're gonna find me out mm-hmm. you know Correct. i don't deserve you know, this it, yeah yeah it's 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 sad but you know this is why i do what i do mm-hmm. i help challenge people to ask the questions why they think the way that they do mm, yeah why do, why why do you discount you why do you not value you because i actually challenge them and say mm-hmm. how can you have that mindset and valid and and value yourself valid value the investment that you've made in yourself mm-hmm. and begin to process it who taught you you weren't good enough who taught you to doubt yourself yeah. okay well nobody taught me that but what are the messages that you got. Remember, it's not the conscious mind Mm -hmm. that really drives us. It's the subconscious mind that drives us. So therefore, over time, as you're getting these subliminal messages, these microaggressions, things of that nature, it begins to erode who you are if you're not conscious and intentional about counting yourself as a factor in your own equation of life. Mm. We're taught to look outwardly, not inwardly. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have to look the part. You know, if you have, if if you buy an iPhone 12, in six months, there's going to be another one. Yeah. But they're going to try to convince you that yours is inadequate <laughs> and that you need to spend more money before this one's paid off. Right. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not tall enough. You're not dark enough. You're not short enough. You're too light. You're too this. You're too that. You're too all of those things. Mm-hmm. Or or one that I heard personally when I first got into corporate America, they said you're an uppity nigga that don't know your place. Ooh. What did they actually say, Ty? Is that what they said? No. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it was a good old boy, oh, twenty-year, twenty-year naval veteran, Caucasian, said to me, "You are an uppity nigger that don't know your place." In corporate, okay. Oh, this was yes, this was before the, the zero tolerance. Okay. Well, well, well. Let's put it this way: I've entered corporate America in the early eighties. Okay. Ooh. Okay. So, All right. No, that that that, mm. that was real. That was that was real. Mm. You know. Corporate, I spent 30 years in corporate America. That's crazy. Um, and at a number of uh, varying levels. Mm-hmm. And it's it's an interesting environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it definitely oh, can be. And yeah. I think what resonated with me is when you spoke to 
that personality type doesn't celebrate their wins. They're mm-hmm. looking at the next mm-hmm. thing because I, I can honestly say myself and even and especially like, you know, peers I hang out with, whether in their same industry or different, th- that's the thing. Oh, it's gosh. like it's so innate to I've achieved this. What's next? Like it's like, almost like a little ladder. Like mm-hmm. if, you, if you don't check it off. And I don't know what we think is going to happen if you don't check it off, but it's just, and I'm not sure where that comes from. It's just something that you, you know, you graduate law. Okay. Now I got to do this. So, yeah. A lot of, a lot of the overachievers always compare themselves to their, to their peer group. Mm -hmm. And if they have the perception and they see, remember, we're taught to look outwardly, not inwardly. Mm -hmm. So I'm a firm believer and we only compete against ourselves. However, people actually believe we're competing against someone else. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're always looking outside for validation, you're always chasing something. Yeah. You know, according to if if I've have I have clients, architects, high level professionals seeing the lives of their friends on Facebook and becoming depressed. Mm. Because because oh I didn't go to Bali. Oh I, my papers aren't straight enough to buy the the next Bentley or whatever the case right. may be. So now that continues to drive that hamster. Yeah. Yeah. And, and talking about that, like how closely do you think the comparison trap and imposter syndrome intersect with each other? I think remember if, if looking, looking at the research and how it was identified back in 78, it really highlights what's going on systemically. It's less mm-hmm. about the individual. And they mm-hmm. focused on the why, and because of the societal pressures and, and, and stressors, facilitates that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's society systemic thing. So even though we're working to address individuals, it's a societal shift, systemic shift. Part of which is happening now in society, with now having, you know, Black Lives Matters, all the mm-hmm. things that have happened during 2020, mm-hmm. is creating systemic shifts, and that's actually what is identified is what's needed to facilitate the change where we can actually validate ourselves, feel valued, feel important, feel it's uh, significant because some of the negative stereotypes are not being bombarded. For I was thoroughly shocked during the NCAA games, basketball game, March Madness, when they said the Dove had a commercial, celebrate black men off the court. Mm-hmm. I was like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow, I've 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 actually never heard that before. Now I you know, I, I've said on many occasions, you know, uh, black men have been emasculated since we got on this land. Mm-hmm. And to actually hear a commercial say celebrate was phenomenal. It was right. just a great thing to it was a great thing to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so where does a lot of the cause you say you ask your clients, you know, like, why don't you kind of validate yourself like what is a lot of the in mm-hmm. having those conversations with the clients where does a lot of those negative self-talk come from it's it's particular in situations where they didn't have parents that are de- demeaning them like though i think those are the easier situations when you have right. people that's constantly yeah, telling but you but you, you have to think about this it's not just family of origin everybody has their own story their mm-hmm. own baggage right but it, there's societal things there's right. the church church has the structure mm-hmm society has a structure remember you can't drink a coca you can't drink a coca-cola without having a heart you know a six-pack and all of these different things you know i'm going to send a i'm going to 
to sell a car, but I'm gonna have a woman in a bikini on top of the car. But then you look at it and you don't, and you feel inadequate because you don't look like mm. that person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if this is appropriate to say or not, but even with my clients, I ask them to, because again, I am a sex therapist. Okay. But when they're looking to cultivate, you know, cultivate their intimate lives and so forth, I ask them to look at amateur porn, not professional porn. Mm. Because what they do is look at the body type and then they become defeated because their bodies don't look like the hard bodies, the mm. the plastic surgery, all right. the different things that are going on. Right. So when people are bombarded with images of acceptance that don't look like them, mm-hmm. it's easy to feel as though you're unacceptable. Mm. So it's more than just family of origin, it's society, it's TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's it, it could be a, a you know here it is. Uh, music says, I want a soldier, I want a thug, gotta be a roughneck. <laughs> but what if you're, you know, Big Daddy Kane and you're subtle and smooth, you won't disapprove, does this make me <laughs> different? Right. Yeah. Right, so it, it, it comes from all walks of society. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. And yeah. one of the, it, it made me think into, because, you know, I'm always like, okay, so how do we solve it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's the fix? So I know one of the statistics you found was actually about, and I think we talked about it when we, sto- when we spoke to, like, Miss HR about oh. compensation and things like that. And it, it, the statistic was basically that a lot of times with applying for a job, for mm-hmm. an example, men will apply even if they have 50% of the requirements that are listed in the mm-hmm. rec, whereas women sometimes will have maybe even more than 50, but not all, and will choose not to apply. Because they'll focus on that one Because they'll focus on the that few have. that they don't yeah. have or they right. don't meet. So um, in saying that, I wonder, is what are some of the things that people can do if they're, you know seeing themselves in this episode and kind of hearing some of the things I'm like you know what I do that like what are some things that people can start to do to kind of work on you know the imposter syndrome I know it's something that is probably a constant you know thing number one is really begin to do the internal work Mm -hmm. really begin to ask yourself why you feel the way you feel Mm -hmm. and how true is it am I an imposter if I've already gone to school Am I an imposter if I've already experientially or worked at work, actually done the work? Mm-hmm. Am I throughout life you've grown, throughout life you've learned, throughout mm-hmm. life you've been challenged and you've become victorious? It's about believing your own story. Mm-hmm. And as you begin to doubt yourself, it's really challenge yourself is why would I doubt me? Why would I doubt my experience? And why is that negative voice? more important than my own mm-hmm. thing is is also go out and find mentors find people that are doing some of the things that you have interest in doing mm-hmm. and and in gaining mentorship things of that nature yeah yeah and i think sometimes even in the mentorship it can be hard because you kind of fall back into the comparison chat right you got a mentor that's where you want to be mm-hmm. and you're like Oh, if I start doing right. what they do. But, but, mm-hmm. but the beautiful thing about that, if a true mentor, you also find out they're human. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Remember, we, we, we're in a society, I, I come across this quite often, where people forget that they're human. Mm-hmm. We are all perfectly flawed. Yeah. And it's okay. And it's okay. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. Because, and also, I like to always share that 
doubt is a normal part of life. Hmm. Anytime you're at a new beginning, anytime you're starting something new, doing something different, there is that that natural sense of anxiety. There is that natural sense of the fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. But but the moment you don't control your emotions and you lo- allow your emotions to control you, you're out of control. Right. We have to learn to normalize anxiety, depression, sadness, these types of things, because it doesn't make it awful. Mm. No, I recognize that. And I always challenge clients. Emotions are more traffic signs, more traffic signals mm-hmm. than something that should call you, cause you to recoil. Fear is slow down, be strategic, walk like you're walking through a minefield, mm-hmm. as opposed to just run through. Anxiety really tells you slow down, process a little more smoothly. Sadness, depression really says, hey, get up, move, create, you know, do something to make yourself happy. Listen to music, go for a jog, increase the dopamine. Mm-hmm. That's really what these, these signals mean. It doesn't mean the world's coming to an end. It's a message, there's a lesson. And why not focus on the lesson as opposed to the feeling or the experience. Mm. Yeah. I do think a, a lot of times people are scared to sit in the the more negative feelings, the ones that are not as positive. You know, fear is, is something reflecting on me and I'm the only one going through it. You know, if I'm angry, then... But, yeah. Right, but my point is at what point do we really begin to, just because we have a thought doesn't mean we have to follow it down the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Why not, if we do have a thought, why not come up with the contrary and validate whether it's accurate? Mm. Even in cognitive behavioral therapy, it's, 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 you have to check the rationale for a thought before accepting it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in the example, how, how would you do that? Like an example of doing something like that? Well, for example, <laughs> for example, I have, um, early in my career, I used, to do, I used to be an engineer and I did design work. And, you know, now all of a sudden they give me this powerful computer. I'm using CAD to design something that's supposed to be ergonomically safe and so forth. Meanwhile, I'm reminded that I'm a, I come from a family that has, my mother that has a ninth grade education, Mm -hmm. low socioeconomic situation, straight hood dude, welfare child, all of this other stuff. But it's Mm -hmm. just like, you're over here thinking that you can do this stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It creates the challenge. But after a while, you have to look and say, yeah, all of that is true, Todd, but I'm here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, me being a man of faith, I allow my faith to say, if I'm here, it ain't no secret to God that he's going to cover me. The same God that got me here is the same God that's going to leave me, mm-hmm. move me forward. Now, whether you believe in God or not, it's about a, set, a will, an intestinal fortitude mm-hmm. that got you here, that validates you. One of the uh, things that I enjoy about people and our little colloquialisms and so forth when you've been through adversity a testimony mm-hmm. when we're with our friends and in that in other adversity we just say what i've been through everything you can't stop me you can't beat me mm-hmm. yeah. aaron neville aaron neville sang in a song once that he was knocked out in prison and when he's when he sang that song, it was to me it was like giving everybody a message. I've already been to hell. Can't nothing stop me. Mm. Right. If you can, if you can imagine the visual of, mm-hmm. of that picture and recognize that when I've beaten all the adversity that I've already beaten, what am I afraid of? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So therefore, it helps temper the experience because as adults, what emotion, what feeling, what experience have you not already overcome? Mm-hmm. There are no new feelings. There are no new emotions. Mm-hmm. And each time those things showed up, there was a way for you to move forward. Mm-hmm. You have a lifetime's worth of evidence. Yeah. Bible is very clear. The two most powerful things are the word of your testimony and the blood of the blood of Jesus. So why not believe your own story? You have evidence of beating depression, beating sadness, being compared to people you don't want to be compared to, whatever the case might be. You've been told no and still overcame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Allow that those messages to counter the self-doubt, the self-fear, anxiety, things of that nature. Yeah. Just because I feel it doesn't mean that I have to yield to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like That's that. That's a word. Ain't it? And I, because, listen, it's still a struggle. Yeah. Best believe. Sometimes yeah. I sit right. like, am I no, really? No, but think about this. Uh-huh. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. But we press we press through adversity all day every day. Mm-hmm. If a guy pursues a woman and she says no, he don't <laughs> take no for the he don't take no for the answer. No. He's still gonna pursue you. Mm-hmm. If there's something that you want, you know, a woman wants, she's gonna get it. Mm-hmm. Your man could tell you not to buy something, he wait for budget reasons. You, you buy that coat anyway, you put it in the back <laughs> of the closet, then then four months later, ooh! I, I just bought this coat. That coat been sitting there for the last four months. Okay. <laughs> to our listeners, we're not encouraging that. No. <laughs> it happens. Let's it be does. Right. Right, right. It happens. My point is, we press through adversity every mm-hmm. day and we overlook the victories that were claimed. Mm-hmm. And I challenge people to actually look, really look at your story. Yeah. Your story is that of power. That Your story is that of deliverance. Mm-hmm. Irrespective. The mere fact that you're here says that you've already won. Mm. Okay. You gonna pass the collection plate? Right. <laughs> right. Receive it. Right. Just listen to it and receive it. Because yeah, there's negative it. talk going on as you're hearing this. Let it sprinkle up. Right. Just, just and listen. I, I was gonna say one of the things that helps me, um, you know, because it pops up here and there, is uh, in my mental health journey, the quote was, your feelings are valid, but your feelings aren't facts. Mm. So sometimes I'll literally write down like almost like a side by side of like, what am I feeling and what do I know to be true right now? Mm -hmm. And sometimes that, you know, just kind of helps bring you back to, you know, like, okay, I'm okay. Now, of course those feelings, it's uncomfortable to sit in it, but it does kind of help you kind of, you know, like, you know what I, I am the ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was I thinking? You know, so yeah. I think oh, very you much know, so. whatever, just a suggestion, but whatever helps in terms of those moments of like, let's compare right. what is to what you're feeling. Right. Yeah. And, and that goes back, that goes back to the cognitive construct of validating the experience mm-hmm. and finding if it's fairly rational. But to that point, uh, one of the things that I've done over time and I continue to do throughout my life is jump. When I'm mm-hmm. going through emotional challenges and stresses and truly trying to process it, I actually journal the experience. I process that thought. I do a brain dump. I don't care. I don't care about grammar. I don't care about what the handwriting looks like. I just get it out of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. By getting out of it, by writing it out, begins to allow you to process it. It begins to open doors of awareness that you weren't even aware of. Mm, and yeah. then it kind of gives you insight to what's going on inside of you and with that awareness comes the correction. Got you. All yeah. right. Well, Todd, tell the people where they can find you if they haven't already. Well, you can find me at interpeacecounselingcenter.com. 
Uh, 704-937-2286. I don't call myself often. Right. <laughs> uh, on uh, Inner Peace Counseling Center on Facebook and Instagram. All right. And we will have his information in the episode notes. And until next time, everyone, thanks for tuning in. You can find us www.divasandducats.com. You can email us if you have any questions you would like to possibly have read on an episode, divaadvice at gmail.com. We are also on Instagram at Facebook, Divas and Ducats. And you see we're on YouTube because you're watching us. So go on and subscribe. Subscribe, subscribe. Same name. (laughs) All right. In the meantime, in between time. Have a great attitude. Bye.